podcast where we talk about Formula One and the British Touring Car Championship. I'm Tom and we're joined by Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm all good, thank you. And normally uh, this is hosted and edited and produced and researched <laughs> by Colin Barr. I said this last week, or last episode, but he was in Canada last time and he's in Hungary, Budapest this time. So his world tour continues. Indeed. Scotsman on tour. So yeah, have a good trip, Colin. Apologies in advance. So you just got us two to ramble on. Um, we're going to cover the Belgian Grand Prix at the start and Formula One news before that. And then following the F1, we're going to talk about the British Touring Car Championship, the recent rounds from Thruxton, all three races. Sound good? Oh, yes. News update. So I think we'll just jump into the Formula One news and we'll skip through these because you can read them all on autosport.com or motorsport.com or racefans.net or wherever you choose to get your news from. Uh, first thing is uh, Audi is joining as a power unit provider, and maybe a bit more, who knows, mm-hmm. in 2026. Any opinions about the four rings joining the grid? It's just going to be good for a start, just to have a new manufacturer, maybe, um, but engine, yeah. engine supplier at least. I'm a bit confused still about where Porsche are coming in, because they're, Same. they're supposed to be buying 50-ish percent of Red Bull and be an engine supplier, but does that mean they're a separate engine supplier to Audi? So, so from a report on motorsport.com that I've seen, it is supposedly, even though it's all TBC, a separate deal. Mm. Uh, even though, yes, you're right, Volkswagen, uh, Audi Group includes Audi and Porsche. So they would be entering and competing against each other, potentially. Mm. For now, though, the only thing we know for definite is Porsche seems to be buying into Red Bull Advanced Engineering, which is not necessarily the Formula 1 team. Uh, but it does seem to be that they're working on a potential power unit for these uh, new rules which are also 2026 correct yes and that's why is. audi's joining in mm-hmm. yeah. which is more emphasis more emphasis on the hybridization uh, yeah uh, the, i believe they're removing one of the hybrids and using more of the other one so the um the mguh i think it is the one that's to do with the turbo is being got rid of completely mm. and the mguk right will be expanded to make up for that loss cool so I think that, that the the greater emphasis on the more traditional, let's say, road car relatable mm-hmm. el- uh, uh, electrification element has pushed Audi over the edge because there's been rumours that they've been flirting with Formula One for a while, right? And there's no smoke without fire, seemingly. Yeah. So they had this launch at Spa with like a branded up generic car, but the word is that they'll potentially buy into the Sauber team, mm-hmm. and it could be as early as uh, next year because. Also, at the same time, which would align, the Alfa Romeo sponsorship of that team will end at the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. Which I think we speculated on before, right? Yes. Um, they'd only ever confirmed on a rolling basis that they would be continuing. Right. So they, they said they will be there next year, quite some time ago now, but they never said if they would be there after that or not. Yeah, I think one element to this, which are purely speculation on my part, which is what we said before in the podcast is, since the Alfa Romeo deal happened, when it was Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, or FCA, they then merged with uh, PSA, the Peugeot Citroën Group, or Alliance. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the exact word is. And they've created a mega group called Stellantis, which um, the Sniff Petrol podcast uh, is right in saying that it sounds like a sort of 90s pop group, <laughs> Stellantis. And, and I just think with all those different companies, and the, the PSA group, which effectively runs this new big group of companies, which mm. includes Fiat and Chrysler, a Dodge, a Jeep, and Alfa Romeo and Maserati, they're, they're not really too keen on Formula One, I don't think. 
Uh, in the meantime, Maserati, which is part of that group, has uh, been announced as joining Formula E. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group has a big electric car focus. And so we speculate, okay, Alfa Romeo's going to disappear. This seems to be what has happened, but it also coincides with potentially Audi budging in. So good for mm. Sauber. Oh, yeah. Another partner. Yeah, and looking to keep the team there as well, I think. Um, one of the yes. um, things with the Andretti potential deal that was being banded around was that they wanted to mm. move from Hinwil, uh, Sauber's base, right. uh, whereas Audi were quite happy for them to continue there, allegedly, because we don't know if that's all true, but that's what's been said. Of course. It will all come out in the wash. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, Jonathan Noble and Motsubo.com doing some stealing work, clarifying a few things of what we know so mm. far. Is Alfa Romeo uh, still linked with Ferrari? As a company, I mean. So, yes and no. Mm. So technically, uh, Ferrari was spun off mm. and was um, put onto the stock exchange. So you could buy shares in just Ferrari separately. Mm. But my understanding is some of the family... That's not 100% of the company. Some of the family ownership is tied together. Um, but they have a separate board. But ah. Ferrari products definitely still share, how should we say, synergies and parts. Yeah. And allegedly parts of engines with Alfa Romeo and Maserati. And it was only to do with the, uh, the wording of the press release from Alfa Romeo saying we would be looking to see how we can continue in our branding etc I wondered if they were going to be on the Ferrari in a few years time not as an Alfa Romeo Ferrari oh but, they know, could be just, just like a small badging somewhere because yeah. I think they've done that in the past a sponsor somewhere they definitely have mm. yeah when they were more closely aligned yeah uh, yeah there's some symbiotic relationship there but I, it's not an out and out ownership like it was because like I say mm. Ferrari's public but you know allegedly the uh, the V6 engine in the Julia Quadrifoglio is just a Ferrari V8 with two cylinders locked off it. <laughs> and so things like this. Um, yeah. and it makes me laugh as well because at the minute they have to wear, I don't know if it was in this race, but all season, I don't know if you noticed that Bottas and Joe on the car, it says Alfa Romeo Tonali, which mm-hmm. is their new SUV. But, uh, you know, if you just read it in, if you don't know how it's pronounced and you're from the north like me, <laughs> it looks like to- tone- a misspelling of toenail. <laughs> it's the most unfortunate name for a car, I think. Uh, yes. Uh, we, should, we should probably move on. And uh, let's talk about Ricardo now. Is there anywhere left for him to go after he's announced that he's leaving McLaren? I say I can only see three potential teams he could go to. And two of those, technically, I'm not sure there's room for him, but they, I'm sure they could make room if they needed to. Um, he can go to Haas, Williams, or Alfa Romeo slash Sauber, is what I can see. But the Alfa Romeo option, I think, is just financially it won't work because they had to get Joe in to cover that. Yep. So I can't see them getting rid of Joe, and Bottas is on a multi-year contract. Um, Haas have definitely inquired about him, and the rumours are that Schumacher won't be there next yeah. year. Um, whereas Williams, I just don't know if they can afford him. <laughs> Yeah, if you were... Well, there's, there's that. But also, if you were Jost Capito for a second, if you woke up in the morning and you became Jost, would you want him? Would you want Ricardo? Would anyone want Ricardo, basically, if you were the team manager? Um, from a PR point of view, definitely, I think. He brings branding. A smile. Sponsorship. Um, all sorts of things like that. But, yeah, on the driving point of view... 
it's, it's hard to say because McLaren is the only team where he's struggled completely. He did struggle at Renault, but he then came good after a year or so there. He did. He did. So, is it just the environment or the car at McLaren that just didn't suit him? Is it? Is it the MCL thirty six? I think this year's car. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong there. Yeah, I think that is a very good point. It's clearly been smashed by Norris, mm. and Norris is vastly more inexperienced. But he's no mug, and it, oh, it could be a mental thing. You know, when your dander's down, and then yeah. there's all these rumours going on, it definitely affects things. Uh, there have been a couple of times this year where he's done okay, but all too few, far between. And now it's just there's just nothing, nothing going on there, is there? No. Mm. Yeah, it, it it could just be one of those things where if he's in a even an average car next year, all of a sudden he could find that spark again. Yeah, plus uh, McLaren is basically revolving around Norris. He's, the, he's on the long-term contract, he's the star, right? Yeah. Um, whereas if he went to one of these lower teams, he would be the de facto number one, I suppose. Or he would not be the number two. Yeah, that's true. And that can make a big difference. I think the initial thing was, oh, well, he'll just switch across to Alpine, but now... There are unsubstantiated rumours that uh, Gasly could be going there. Mm. Uh, Ocon has been saying here by Adam Cooper and Motswater.com again that Ocon's tensions with Gasly are magically disappeared, which is perhaps a tell. Uh, Do you think that's a good move for Gasly, if if that happens? It's one I've been saying for a few years, that Gasly will end up at Alpine, or Renault, as I said originally. And I I think it does make sense for both parties, because where's Gasly going at Red Bull slash AlphaTauri? It's he's not getting in the main team and you're not really going to do much from the the junior or sister team. So yeah, yep. Alpine gives him a potential chance some down the line to challenge for race wins or even championships if they come good. Which is a big if, but I think yeah. I fully agree with you. He's got to t- if he ever gets a chance from any other team, basically mm-hmm. take it because he has to know in himself that he could do the job outside of the Red Bull mm. I'm going to say Red Bull content pool but that's the uh, image media library <laughs> but <laughs> talent pool is what I'm looking for yeah and uh, so I, re- I really hope that happens but again we'll have to see could, Ricardo could end up there still uh, yeah there's all sorts of things going on you know when it comes to contracts as we've seen recently with Piastri mm-hmm. it could all go uh, the wrong way up let's say speaking of which uh, was it Monday you were saying the Contract Recognition Board had a discussion, but it's not decided yet? That's when they were supposed to meet to discuss the uh, Piastri case. As to either when we hear the results or when the results are coming out, we don't know. Hmm. Hopefully soon. I, th- I believe it's supposed to be sometime this week, but I don't know if it's one of those things that could drag, drag and drag. It could be, and that's not good for anyone involved. No. Uh, it's been like you know, it just doesn't look good. The whole thing from Matt Webber, it doesn't reflect well on the on Piastri or McLaren, mm-hmm. and then Alpine's been a bit of a baby about it, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, or Otmar has on their behalf, let's say. But um, yes, Zach Brown was not impressed. Did you hear his quote as well? I did not hear Zach Brown's quote. Um, when Otmar was, uh, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember the exact yeah. thing, but um, Otmar said about how Piastri should have more integrity, uh, etc. I did see that. And Zach Brown then said someone who got fined and points deducted for copying another team's car should not be talking about integrity. Something along those lines, anyway. Well, that's superb. 
So they're still catching. Although, let's be real. Uh, Zach Brown has got 77 drivers on him. <laughs> yes. Across all multiple disciplines. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing with Piastri is, and I just want to delve back into this really briefly. Mm-hmm. From his point of view, he's got a contract with Alpine and they've helped fund part of his career. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. But the, everybody said the Alonso move to Aston Martin was a surprise and it was done over a weekend. Yeah. And nobody knew. If that was the case, if you're Piastri a week or a month beforehand, it's looking like Alonso signed up for another year for Alpine. In fact, publicly, Al- uh, you know, they're pushing for... Um, Alonso wanted a multiple-year deal. Yeah. He didn't want just this one-year thing. So you all think... So so Piastri does not have a race seat at that point, if that continues. Yeah. If he, What he knows from the inside that, oh, Alpine's trying to sign Alonso for another two years, he's not on the grid. And the time is now. Because you never know if there's another youngster coming through that then you know, your opportunities missed. So I actually do not bemoan him or his management team for seeking a drive somewhere else. Oh yeah, t- So I know totally. it looks very negative and it's been handled in a very strange way. But I just think it's important not to forget that as it stood without Alonso's mm. crazy move to um, the Silverstone-based team, he would be without a drive for another two years. Yeah. And I, th- I think that he will not be at Alpine next year. Um, regard- regardless of whether they rule that he has a valid contract with them, that surely cannot happen after all that's gone on. Who would want it? Who would want it? Mind you, yeah. uh, I've, we've seen it before with Jensen Button going back to Honda, was it? Or BA Honda? Yeah. And after he signed for Williams. Piastri is still at Alpine at the moment. He's still working with them and he's still doing their um, simulator work at the factory. So he is still their driver mm. this year. But yeah, I can imagine this contract recognition is basically how much money are we going to get from McLaren? 100%. Uh, anyway, McLaren can ring up someone in the Middle East and get it paid for, I'm sure. True. Uh, the also, I mean, he's not in my team in the F1 Manager 22, which is a new game that came out this past week. I switched him straight to McLaren. And he's halfway through the year, started progressing very well. So if that's a telling sign, mm. looking forward to next year. It's going to be a tough gig, though, against Norris, if that does come to fruition. Uh, another yeah. driver on McLaren's books is uh, Colton Herter. And according to Adam Cooper here, online that the FA is looking into whether there are grounds to grant the IndyCar driver a super license. This is uh, amid speculation that the American could be in line for an Alpha Tauri drive next year, which is very bizarre, I think. Mm. But again, this is very early days. You know, what if he's not granted the super license? Deals off. There's this huge push about getting an American driver in the sport, isn't there? And yeah, which is why I do find it weird that then no one seems interested in Andretti joining the grid. Yeah. I know, right? It just seems a bit about? strange, but yeah, I digress. Well, a team as opposed to a driver is different because the teams want to keep all that money. If another driver comes in, another team comes in, do they have to split the money down further? Yeah. So, that'll be why. <laughs> in my opinion. Anyway, uh, that's the rumours and gossip and news. Basically, it's all popping off this silly season. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was one more thing, but just a very brief thing about Spa, that it will be back on the calendar next year. Yes, but only for one year, correct? Uh, so far, yes. And the, and rumours circulated about Kyle Army, which would be cool. But mm-hmm. can we have both, please? Thanks. Yeah. Let's ditch somewhere that's lucrative, but for the good of the sport, we can have one round that's not so yeah. profiteering. So we should talk about the qualifying and the race, but it's frankly less interesting than the gossip. Yeah. But we but we will do. Uh, just before we jump into that, what did you think to the new Lux Spa? Oh, I really liked it. And I, I think more circuits should be following that example. It's so good. Just seeing gravel's really nice. Yeah. Uh, 
they do they did go a little Paul Ricard with painted asphalt at times, but it wasn't overbearing and it was quite okay in my in my book. Yeah, and it was also sort of a design as well, whereas Paul Ricard is just yes the same lines <laughs> all around. When when I was there for the twenty four hours of spa, it had all the gravel and the curbs, but none mm. of that painting painting was there, and I can tell you now that Overus and Radion looked bleak without it. Yeah. So a big step forward. And the gravel just adds uh, a charm. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't actually see in the Formula 1 race much people in it. No. But but in the sport races, it was used, let's say. Yes, so I hear. Yeah, there was a pretty nasty incident out the back of um, the track through Bonchamon in Formula 3. There's a bit of gravel there. I don't think it had a negative or a positive effect in the incident, and everyone's okay, thankfully. But mm. it adds a character to it, but also... If this worked, which it did for Formula One, mm-hmm. then come on, Bahrain. Yeah. Put some gravel in. You know? Well, I mean, how many years has it been at Turn One that all the cars run wide at Spa? All of a sudden, yeah. you put some gravel down and no one goes anywhere near it. So it, Mate, there you go. Track yeah. limits solved. <laughs> yes, there's very few. I didn't hear a mention of track limits over the weekend. I don't know if you did. Um. It's probably a top of Radion is probably one to watch still. Yeah, I don't think I did. And and there is some asphalt runoff, but in areas where it's appropriate. So obviously over is Radion. And then yeah. double gauche, there's a there's a bit initially, but even after that there's gravel. So No, oh, it's how it should be. Yeah. And it's just amazing that it's sort of reneged back to that. But I think it's predominantly because they were trying to get the MotoGP, was it there? And so happy I think days. so, yeah. Yeah, happy days. So on to uh, free practice and bottas didn't get any running FP one, meh. Mm-hmm. Qualifying happened, according to Bottas, one of the reasons why he didn't get a good running qualifying was he didn't have much running this weekend, which is kind of fair enough. So he's out in Q1. That's probably the main shock. Yes, he already had a, a penalty as well, didn't he? Right. So, so it didn't matter so much for him. Not too much of a, a point there. And then looking at the qualifying results, it's very difficult to understand where the heck who did what because of the, all the grid yeah. penalties. But yeah, basically, Bottas, Sonoda, Magnussen, Latifi and Vettel miss out. Vettel by... Two thousandths of a second to Mick. Yeah. Which hey, those the breaks. Yeah. Uh, Q two, it's all much of a muchness with your Schumacher's, your Strolls, your Joes, uh, Gasly, Ricardo, all missing out on Q three. Yeah, Albon was the good one from that. Incredible. Uh, not only did he make it to Q three, he wasn't even tenth, was he? I think he was the ninth quickest. Straight line speed seems to be the old uh, Williams trick at this venue. And it reminded me a little bit of Giancarlo Fisichella in, was it 2009? But it didn't quite pull off uh, to the same effect. Yes, the old Force India, wasn't it? Yeah. Strip all the wings off, send it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Latifi, unfortunately, comparatively, was abysmal. He was saying, though, that you know, he, in his one-time lap he messed up and he'd, he'd be quicker in all weekend and he just messed up the one time. Well, I'm afraid you're paid to not mess up in that one time. Mm-hmm. And it does happen from time to time, but Latifi does seem to happen several times. So no sympathy from me. No, he has got a new chassis now in, over the last few races, which he says, judge me now, I have that. Okay. So we will. Yes. Uh, I thought it was funny on the Williams uh, YouTube channel a little PR for the F1 manager game there's Albon versus Latifi they're sat in a room and they're playing it and Latifi's, yeah. Latifi crashes on Latifi's game while he's playing it and, it, and, it, and, the, and the radio message comes up beep my bad uh, <laughs> that's that true to life yeah, yeah it's well worth a watch 
Uh, the other thing from qualifying, Mercedes very slow. Hamilton very yes. upset being 1.8 seconds off. It was, yeah, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But I think also, like, oh, yes, Mercedes are not doing very well. Uh, and Alonso out-qualified him. But it's just mm-hmm. the gap between Red Bull and Ferrari and the rest of the field. As opposed yeah. to um, Mercedes being particularly terrible in comparison to the rest of the grid. Although, uh, yeah, just to clarify as well, Ocon was quicker than both Mercedes as well. But still, this this gap between the top two teams is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Max went quickest even though he didn't need to. Yeah. I mean, it, it did improve his grid position, but yeah, I don't think it would have mattered where he started to, to this nope. to this weekend. I, I tweeted after qualifying, actually. I'm going to pat myself on the back a bit. The, the pace of Red Bull Ferrari is so much that it doesn't really, you know, Leclerc and Max will at least be fighting for the podium. And in the yeah. end, I underplayed that. It, uh, it's been clear all season, though, that the, those four cars are just half lap ahead of everyone else, minimum, in a race. Yeah. So, unless there was going to be an accident, it was going to be at least fourth position. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember what the track was now, but there was one track, wasn't there, that Mercedes were particularly competitive at. And apart from that, no one's been anywhere near them. Yeah, exactly that. And so Sainz then did a good job, I say, to out-qualify Perez. Yes. But he had a slipstream from Charles Leclerc, who uh, (laughs) went out on the first set of... Sorry, his first trip out of the pits in Q3, accidentally went out on brand new tyres. Ferrari fit the wrong set, which I believe then, potentially, he might have had to use at the end of the race when he tried to get fastest lap. So therefore, they weren't new. They were mildly used. Not ideal, but no big no. deal either, according to Charles. So that was qualifying. Other than we had all these penalties for was it engine changes? Well, yeah, I, I gave up trying to keep track of it all. But ultimately, Max started in 14th because even overnight, mm-hmm. Sonoda decided to start from pit lane with an engine change. Yes, and then Gasly had to start from the pit lane as well. Yep, right at the start of the race. I don't know why that was. It was some kind of electrical issue, I believe. So, uh, race starts, and the big thing is uh, everyone gets through clean apart from Hamilton Alonso. What do you make of that incident? This is at well, Lecombe. Hamilton's going yes. around the outside of Alonso for position number three at the time. Yeah, it was a nice move in theory by uh, Hamilton, but yeah, he left n- no room for Alonso on the inside, which is to me what caused the contact. And yes, he is washing out ever so slightly. He is getting but he's a bit still on the curb, so he's still not in the middle of the track. But yeah, it's, I see that's totally Lewis's fault, which he later admitted as well. Uh, although he did say it's because he was in my blind spot, but it's like, yeah, but you still knew he was there or thereabouts. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, was, a, that was the reasoning. But, but he was, he was completely honest and said it was his bad. Mm-hmm. And there was, I've watched multiple different interviews, and he only once says the blind spot thing. I think it was to Sky, but in other interviews, he he just you know. First thing he says, mm. it's my fault. And I couldn't agree more. But the car is thrown in the air and it's wild. Yeah, I can't believe he continued. I know he, he didn't in the end, but yeah. he was still going at racing speed for another half a lap. With a little bit of smoke coming out of him and dropping positions, but still pressing on. You know, it could have been a yeah. puncture at that point, but then he gets a radio call, stop, 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 stop. Yes. Which was like, in, 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 in. <laughs> but I say also, how did Alonso continue? Yes, that, that's a very good point. Zero damage, seemingly. Mm. Unless there was some, you know, out of alignment or something. But uh, as far as we can tell, certainly the front wing mm-hmm. wasn't damaged and there was no puncture. And he had a good no, pace good pace through the race, right? It was the wheels that came together is what launched Hamilton up. 
rather yeah. than bodywork. But very fortuitous. I mean, bad that he's in that position where Hamilton squeezed him, but lucky, yeah. lucky in a sense that he was able to continue on. And he says his PR line. I'm I'm convinced that he's had this waiting and ready. This line. This guy <laughs> only knows how to drive starting first. Yes. Forgetting 2007 when you're in the same car and you were. I know it was a long time ago, but that's an equal comparison when you're in the same vehicle. Uh, yeah. I understand that it's heat at the moment of frustration. I believe Alonso has kind of backed out of it a little bit in interviews. Afterwards. Yeah. I mean, he says he hit me, what an idiot, and I'm not disagreeing with that in any way. No. Um, apparently Lewis had, had the hump about that part of it rather than the other part, being called an idiot rather than oh, okay. the other bit. Yeah, he said he didn't care, did he? He didn't care. It's probably, yeah. probably the best thing to not care either. And move yeah. On. A lot, you know, Fernando loves his... PR games. Looking forward to his oh, book yes. that's supposedly coming out in a month or two. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, there's also this flawn shot of Hamilton walking around the perimeter of the circuit from behind, which I found yes. eerily bizarre. It was it was spooky in a way. Start of a horror film, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he knew he was there or not, but that was very bizarre. Mm. It's a long circuit to walk back from. So oh yeah, he had plenty of time to stew on that one. Uh, similar time. Is it Latifi uses a gravel? The only time we're probably going to touch on the gravel. He's, mm-hmm. He gives is it Ocon a very wide berth and spears back on the cra- track and uh, clips Bottas and Bottas is out stuck in the gravel. Yeah, uh, originally I'm thinking, well done Latifi. You know Ocon's trying to go around the outside of him, and he, he holds on to it, but he holds on to it by going a bit too fast around the next bit and then ends up in the gravel on the outside. Yep. And then spears back across the track. Caps off a turgid weekend for Bottas there. Very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he would have done could have done anything else in that scenario. Uh, no. Just behind that, Stroll also runs a bit wide onto the gravel. And comes back on in front of Max. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the onboard of Max's first lap, it's a bit... Oh, it, it could have been an instant, but it was all fine in the end. Yeah. Well, he runs wide because Vettel put him out there, which... Oh, I that's a good point. Enjoyed. Sorry. Yes. Um... Or as I wrote down on my notes, Vettel puts manners on Stroll. <laughs> it was uh, just, you're not going past here. Zero Fs given because uh, his dad might own the team, but he's out. He's retiring. Yeah. He's not even going to another team, so. Exactly. Fair play for giving it a fight. Then, so then w- w- there's a safety car and Leclerc has to pit early because allegedly Max Verstappen's tear off is actually inside his brake duct. Mm-hmm. Because they're running quite close near the stages. I don't think it would have mattered anyway. I think Max, Max would have uh, got him. I think I think Max had a quite a tentative first lap, which is clever. And then from that point in yeah. the race, it's just each lap he doesn't overtake, basically, with DRS or under brakes. It's just the pace differential is ginormous. Yeah, he's learned over the years, hasn't he? Especially at a track like Spa, there's no need to go all out on the first lap or two because you're going to make sp- uh, the places up each lap anyway. Especially with such a quick vehicle. Yeah, not taking it away from Max. You know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a team effort, and that car's clearly very quick in a straight line. Mm-hmm. It's it's only the Ferrari and the other Red Bull he has to worry about in terms of latent pace, right? Yeah. So science is leading, but everybody then you know relatively early to the race, Max is only a handful of seconds behind, and it has a sense of inevitability about it. Yeah, normally a safety car, you just think, oh, this is going to liven things up, but it kind of killed the race. Yeah, because Max is close to the to the other cars, mm-hmm. everybody's a bit not bunched together, so less chance of an incident, so he can yeah. just pick them off one by one. Although Science did his best to liven up the restart. Oh, I forgot about that. He uh, completely mm-hmm. missed the corner, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he ran very deep into the bus stop. 
because no one can ever take till the start finish line, I believe. I know it correct, used to be the correct. first safety car line, all that stuff, but it's the start finish line now. Um, so yeah, he ended up getting a much better getaway from that. He completely boxed Perez. Nothing Perez could do about that, I don't think. Oh no. But yeah, it at least made it. Like he got away for a little bit, but didn't last very long. No, so ultimately, science pits while in the lead, and Max stays out on the soft tyre for longer, because not only is it quicker, it's seemingly very good at its tyres, the Red Bull, mm -hmm. at this track, and the science comes back out in the lead ahead, ahead of Perez, but Perez lets Max by relatively soon, at some point in the shuffle, I might have got the order slightly wrong there, but Max is let by, yeah. by Perez, but not very easily for a while, it thought, oh, is Perez going to fight this for a lap? Um, yeah. Max puts in a radio message and things soon switch around. And then he overtakes yes. Science on track. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was lap 12 that Max got in the lead. I know okay. that was when Science pitted, but it's still 12 laps to go from 14th to first. <laughs> yeah, and then he's back down again, and then he's ahead again. And yeah. then Perez catches up to Science as well, and it's like a sitting duck scenario. So he's up to second. And then we're sort of watching the midfield, and there's a lot going on. I just didn't care for it because it's all straightforward DRS yeah. stuff. I don't exactly, know what you felt yeah. about it. I mean, every overtake it was just like, oh yeah, that's the same as I just saw last lap, but with two different cars. <laughs> and there's there's no challenge to it. Um, there was one overtake um, the second lap after the safety car where Albon overtook Ricardo, which was without DRS because it hadn't been enabled at that point. Props for Alex. Yeah, I know he's got the fast car, but it was still, you know, it shows that you can overtake at Spa without the DRS. So, should we have it there? Oh, interesting. Yeah, so not every circuit could necessarily have DRS. I like that. Oh, even if they have it, have it where they, uh, they have it on the start finish straight, don't they? Yeah, maybe um, to keep it there, to, but not. Yeah, yeah, not down that straight. Apparently, Zandvoort next race, they're going to have it on the banking. Yeah, they were going to do that before, wasn't they? And then they changed their mind last year. I mean, I'm all for the risk. But it smells like disaster. Yeah. We'll say that and they'll get there and it'll be no problem at all. So, then there's some other things. Uh, Stroll tries to make a move. You have an opinion on that? Oh, yeah. When uh, he gets a good run on Ricardo coming out of the source. And then, for me anyway, stupidly decides to go take the Mark Weather route, as I call it, into Eau Rouge around the outside and unless you're solidly alongside the car at that point there's no point trying it especially because he's then compromised himself on the run up to Lecom so he couldn't get past at all and then I think it was several laps before he even got back into a chance to attack again I just thought it was a bit naive yeah it's petulance like yeah. uh, Arthur Leclerc in Formula 3 Coming up the rookie ranks, so to speak, mm. he did a great move where he had a run, but he just timed it perfectly where there was still a car width up the hill. Mm -hmm. And then he got the slipstream and the DRS was it down the straight. And yeah. uh, Stroll needs to watch Formula 3 more often, is my, was my takeaway. Yeah, it was just silly. I've, yeah. Like, what are you doing showing half a nose there? You've got to be fully committed. Mm -hmm. um, and then through the race, everyone's just sort of stuck behind Albon, basically, which is really good driving from Alex a clever setup to be quick down the straight quick enough to hold off DRS I like, yeah, I like exactly. to see that 
yeah, that that was the only sort of thing of interest, wasn't it? Is uh, is Albon going to get overtaken? Yeah, I mean, he was steadily falling through the um, through the strategy in the pit stops. He fell back a bit, which is a bit unfortunate. He was definitely mm-hmm. running higher up, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. So at one point, it's a great result and a great drive, and they were very happy with it, rightly. But it almost felt mm. like it could have been a bit more. Am I being too? I mean, where did he actually start? And then he started sixth. Yeah. So he, he's dropped four places. It was running comfortably but, in six for a bit. We had a train behind him, and then after the pit stop, yeah. all of a sudden he's down in, he's falling back a bit. But two of those places is Max and Charles, so, you know. True, that's eighth. That's always going to happen. So really, they've lost two positions. Yeah, Ocon was one of them, wasn't it? Oh, yes, I forgot Ocon was back there as well. So, yeah, and he definitely has a faster car than them. Mm. So, yeah. So when you look at it, I'm wrong. We'll move on. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, the other thing we should mention is there's this crazy move where there's Ocon, Gasly and Vettel down the straight. Do you have an opinion on that? Because it was DRS assisted, but it's still quite nice. Vettel, wasn't it? Um, In the middle. Yeah. So, yeah, it was nice, but it was... um, Yeah. It's, let's say it's just the same DRS issues. It just looked nice to see three abreast. Yeah, so Vettel gets Gasly at La Source, which is cool and all, but you know, it's going to compromise your run into the DRS area. Yeah. So Gasly gets by on the straight, but then Ocon's on the left gets by both of them. But what I liked about it was Ocon gets past Gasly under the braking area. It's not in yes. the straight. And then what I also liked is, didn't Vettel send it back down the inside? A couple of corners later, uh, in a move where... Oh, yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah, and that was not DRS-assisted or anything. And it was like, oh, so he clearly doesn't care at the minute. He's just, bam, I'm going to outbreak it. It's like, oh, so it is possible. I love that. Yeah, too too many are... comparisons to the 2000 move of Hakkinen's onto and Schumacher, though. It's not yeah. the same. No, because that was a back marker. Yeah, and no the, DRS. Lapping. Yeah, but no, it was that was probably the only interesting thing at that point. Yeah, um, it was. I kept thinking a safety car now would liven things up. Well, um, I did wrap the TV or up, but it didn't happen. <laughs> no. So that's that's yeah. basically the race. Verstappen won it, and we're co- we sound quite down on it and resigned, but it was a peerless drive. And congratulations. Oh, yeah. yeah, fully deserved by Max. Um, oh yeah. It's just a bit boring to watch when someone's that dominant, but. Yeah, and and let's uh, be clear as well. Fault. The car's amazing, clearly, but he smashed Perez. Mm-hmm. If you think oh, yeah. about it, he started, you know, 13 positions behind him on the grid. Yeah. And I'm sure, I know there was team, team orders probably towards the end, but still, to even get in that position is very impressive. Exactly, yeah. Team orders can only come into effect when you're behind him. Yeah. And, and yeah, he got there very, very quickly. And allegedly, they've denied this whole rumour of a lighter chassis or something, and suppose they, they have to run a higher ride height because of the compression at Eau Rouge Radion and mm-hmm. Red Bull still gets a lot of downforce even though it's running a bit higher yeah supposedly the next race might see it close up a bit because of that we live in hope exactly oh one other thing I did like from the weekend was Mercedes numbers ah yes was that a tribute in, for something it was to mark I think 55 years of AMG existing ah, okay. within Mercedes there was a big white background in a circle wasn't it Yes, it was um, reminiscent of the Red Pig Mercedes, um, but it, it was just really nice to see because it was so clear what the number of the car was. Yeah, true. You knew exactly who was who. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they keep it, like 
Uh, I'd love them to. But maybe not. They could probably make a load of uh, die-cast models and make a load of money, though. That one-time use. Oh, yeah. Get it in now. Semi-tempted, to be honest. Mind you, it didn't win, so... On to, if you're finished with Formula 1. Yeah. So we said we're going to be quicker there, and it's it's been 45 minutes, I think. Uh, British Touring yeah. Cars from Thruxton. Three races as per usual. And we start with Snitterton. Because I don't know if you saw in the coverage, Nick, that they showed a mm. new angle of the Collard versus Ingram incident. Yes, I did see that. I'm trying to remember that. Looked um, like to me Ingram turned in. Yes, and it, it wasn't even a new angle. They did show this angle last time round. Oh, did they? I didn't spot that. Wasn't it, during the race, very, was it? Was it later on? It, I think it was actually just after the race. They quickly ah. showed a replay of it, but only very quickly. Because at the time, I remember saying there was a gap there. Um, you did? And I, th- I thought it was worth going for. And then I sort of backtracked on that. Whereas looking at this... Yeah, it does feel a bit hard done by on Collard for that one. Yeah, I understand why the Collard camp would uh, try and appeal the decision, which was overruled. Mm-hmm. But as he's gone for the dive, Ingram, if Ingram turns in without, at that point without Collard there, he's cutting across the grass on the inside. Uh, yeah. So it's clever. It's clever. It's clever. If those are the oh, rules, yeah. then fair play. So anyway, there's a whole separate podcast about that. But now with that extra context, mm-hmm. just thought I should clear that up. So just going into the weekend, Cook has uh, nine Thruxton wins. Uh, Tom Oliphant mm. joins hard for a round. Although yes. now we know there was not much point in that. Yes. Uh, Tony Gotham, as I mistakenly put in, in our chat. Good old autocomplete. Yes, Tony Gillum. <laughs> in Tom, Tom Oliphant to replace. Um, I still can never remember his name. It's Will Powell, isn't it? I always remember it's Powell, and I always <laughs> think... But yeah. It was racing his BMW overall, so I don't know if you saw that. Oh, was he? No, I didn't see that at all. It was so last minute, he didn't have any <laughs> actual branded up stuff, mm. so he was just there in last year's BMW uh, livery. Ah, it's quite it's good to see him back there. He was never going to do particularly well with no time in the no. car, etc., but it was good to see him. So, a couple of things came out of the qualifying session on the Saturday, half an hour as per usual. Uh, Collard had steering rack failure in free practice, which uh, ah. knocked his confidence a bit. Because uh, apparently, even though it wasn't at full speed, it was uh, towards Church Corner. Then, what I didn't realise is on medical grounds, he doesn't use the hybrid button like everybody else. Uh, he has a paddle. All right. Because uh, after a karting incident when he was younger, he doesn't have the range of movement needed in his wrist. So from oh. either this or last round onwards, he now has a paddle, and, and that's one of the reasons why he's been better performance apparently because he hasn't been able to use the hybrid properly ah that's interesting yeah I thought so I'd like to see an image of that and then also mm. I didn't realise that Paul Ridgway or at least now is his engineer who um, he used to do Adam Morgan in the Wix days and also ah. worked works for the Lincoln Co WTCR team who is on an indefinite hiatus because of tyre rules which we mentioned before and he's an mm. established engineer so that's a good good team behind him he's definitely stepped up in recent rounds so Yes, totally. A couple of reasons there. Um, and I should also notice that you can wa- re-watch qualifying again on the ITVBTC website if you go to the news section as a post mm-hmm. there. But you can't watch the races online at the minute, which is a very... Str- normally, they're much quicker than this. Again, we I just want to clarify, we knock the coverage in some form or another or uploads every other week. Uh, yeah. It's free-to-air coverage, sometimes in HD, depending on your subscription package as well, and on the internet for free. So that's amazing. So I just want to clarify, yeah. I think it's brilliant. It's just they haven't uploaded the races, you know. 
and the yeah. YouTube channel continues to be lackadaisical in its approach. So on to qualifying itself. Uh, we had Dan Kamish snatching pole position at the last mm. gasp attempt. So so what happened in the session is everyone went out, set a time early on, and then no one could beat them. Uh, there was yeah. actually a few people going off the track. I wonder if it got dirty. I wonder if the temperature changed. But then Dan Kamish did manage to snatch pole position. He was in second right at the end by... Whoa, what's that? A very small margin. 1700th? 1700th. Yeah. And he was convinced to go back out by his engineer. As yes. Kamish didn't want to. He felt he couldn't improve. Now, I don't think this was a new lap qualifying record. Interesting. But again, it could be dirt and muck. Mm. Because Josh Cook, for example, ran wide at the first mm. corner, spewed a load of gravel, and then a load of people, other people went off there. I think Susan did as well, and, some, and uh, Aaron Taylor-Smith mm. had two wheels on the grass. So that spewed a load of muck onto the track. Uh, the main thing I thought was Turkington struggled all session. He went off twice across the Campbell-Cobb Seagrave uh, section. Mm -hmm. Once he came across near Campbellton, but it almost looks like he was running wide anyway, and Hamilton happened to be yeah. there offline. And then the second time later on in the session, he just went off on his own. So that, well, that, that was explained briefly during the, um, the race, um, where they said that he, in qualifying he had an overheating engine, uh, which was actually spilling fluid onto his tyres. Ah, yes, that's right. Never ideal. So, no. in hindsight, in retrospect, then, 15th on the grid is okay, considering. But the other championship yeah. contender, Ingram, was down in 13th. And I was thinking, oh, maybe hybrid does have a good effect in qualifying here. But if you're saying there's the engine issue, I can't account for Ingram. But No, well, Ingram apparently just had a poor setup, is what he put right. it down to. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that was interesting to do with that is that, yes, Turkington, for instance, was best part of nine tenths off of pole but he was still only two tenths off of sixth right there's a, there was a big gap from six upwards basically yeah uh, and as well as turkington being close to that there was also collard plato had an identical time uh, collard set his time first so he's ahead and rory butcher was one thousandth behind that so the two toyotas separated by one thousandth wow that's three positions track. on the grid by a thousand. So I guess Ricky Collard gets 10th because he said it first. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a reasonably strong qualifying from Plato. Things go south from here, which we'll cover. Yes. Any stars of qualifying for you? Um, originally, I had Jake Hill because I thought, oh, he's done really well without the hybrid. But then, as it turns out, there was other reasons for the other cars being further down. Right. So for me, just the two voxels, but... Uh, sixth and seventh. Yeah, hand in sixth and Crease in seventh. I noticed on a pre-race interview, Crease was saying, "Oh, when we and Josh Cook were teammates, he taught me everything I know about this track." And I was like, "Ah!" And if you look, he in qualifying, he does do the uh, Josh Cook line <laughs> through Goodwood, which we should have touched upon because it seems to be mm -hmm. only Crease and uh, Cook that use it, which is still weird. Maybe Plato did. I, don't, I didn't see it, but I don't know. Yes, Repeat that again. you need your brave pills for that. You do, but Crease was doing it. Crease. <laughs> uh, Sheridan's okay in fifth Sutton's in fourth Cook in second I could say Ingram far down I think all the Hyundai's kind of just struggled through the most of the weekend I must say here though top Hyundai was Tom Chilton in ninth yeah which is a good Indeed. qualifying result um, yeah comfortably as well wasn't he um, Ingram's the next mm. nearest one and then Lloyd and Butel very close together actually Lloyd terrible result there in 20th mm -hmm. I have to say this is on the yeah. weekend he secured sponsorship from Bristol Street Motors for the rest of the season so a new livery yeah. on him and Brutel's car which is 
wonderful news. Unfortunate it that is. the performance wasn't very good this weekend. Yes, but I mean, it's, will this be his first full season, or did he actually finish the Vauxhall season? I can't remember. But he's he's always has budget issues, is what I'm getting at. Um, he, he's always having to step down from drives and things. So I'm really pleased for him to be able to see this one out. I think he did the full Vauxhall one, didn't he? Mm. Was that last year with Plato? Yes. I think he did. So there's been I a second think full so. year. Yeah. You're right, before that it's Eurotech in the Hondas on and off. Yeah, there was there was MG. one team, I can't even remember, where he, he signed for them and then never got to race, did he, I don't think? Oh, I think you might be right there. I can't remember who that was now. No, I, I can't, but... Anyway, we, we enjoy his YouTube channel. I, mm. I think he's near, based nearish to me and somewhere in West Yorkshire as well, so... I, uh, that gives me extra pride but uh, anyway we should probably move oh, on from near his home circuit of Croft near his home circuit of Croft <laughs> <laughs> so let's not go there no let's not, let's not go there so uh, one other thing from qualifying yep. was George Gamble 17th oh of course how can I forget pretty average that. yeah it was but then the BMWs with the exception of Jake Hill they were all together on the grid 14th, 15th, 16th and 17th yep yeah yeah it's not like Adam Morgan smashed him or anything he was ahead of no. him but it's Jake Hill is a stand-up performer there in that particular vehicle. Mm-hmm. And actually, to be fair, we were saying the last two rounds, or I was saying maybe, oh, this BMW is too dominant. Not the case here. No. Um, Thruxton is a front-wheel drive circuit, it appears, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing is, Rick Parfit nearly didn't race because he, he qualified, then went to Carfest to play with his band on the Saturday night, then came back on the <laughs> Sunday. Brilliant. So, uh, then we should say that, well, shall we start with Gamble Watch for race one? Well, yes, uh, he, he got a bit more TV time than he expected at the beginning, because he just stopped on the outlap, didn't he? Yeah. Well, the formation lap. Now, this is the outlap. second time it's happened, at least, this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the issue was, I didn't see anywhere. No, I don't. Um, but he, I believe he got back in the race, but he did. not really. From the pit uh, lane he... and after it had started, I think. Yeah. Not ideal. So after the gamble watch happens, the race starts, apart from Jason Plato, who doesn't start. And that wrecks his weekend, in my opinion. He has a very slow uh, off the start, and then he's down back in the pack. But anyway, the main action is right up the front, where there's a oh, yeah. very aggressive Josh Cook, in my opinion. Uh, yes. Fired up. Yeah. Didn't really work out for him. So I think the context is, we, we said his championship's over. But here we come to mm-hmm. Thruxton. He's the king of Thruxton. And he's got nine wins already, as we've already said. So he's qualified in second, yeah. just he's got to go for the win. Aggressive. Send it. Uh, yeah. So I mean, he, he does have to be, but it, it just yeah. didn't work out. Yeah, exactly. So Hill jumps him, actually, off the line. Mm-hmm. So he's already down to, like, third. Uh, there, He tries to go around the outside of Hill into Campbell, but then Sutton also goes down the inside, just three wide. Yeah. Cut gets a bit of a wiggle on because there's contact between the three of them. Uh, then coming to Cobb, he dives down uh, the inside of Sutton, quite robustly, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They then come on to Seagrave, and how, how would you read it? But ultimately, his contact and Cook goes off onto the grass and drops all the way down. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts on the the first bit when he goes around the outside of Hill yeah, and I think Cook then gets triggered because he's then pushed out by Hill yes. because Hill is pushed by Sutton mm. and I don't think Cook realised that Sutton was there and then he's then dived for the inside for the next one, pushed Sutton out wide 
and as they go through Seagrave, to me, Cook just turns in on him. I agree. Um, yes, Sutton could have backed out, but at the same time, why should you if you're there? Nah. For me, Cook, if he'd have just left a bit more room, he would have had much more exit speed anyway. So I think it was just a case of, let's say he was triggered from that first corner, or first real corner. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. That's twice in this podcast. I think we're agreeing too much in this podcast. I think yeah. it's outrageous. Sutton, no. Uh, to me, you come out of Cobb, you run wide, then you have to go left a bit to get the angle right for Seagrave, and Cook turns yeah. in a bit too early, and Sutton's got nowhere mm-hmm. to go. He, held, he holds it by flooring the throttle, but he's on the grass, and he's way down the yeah. field. Doesn't really recover all too well at that point. Um, he, he, he doesn't, does but he improve, could also have retired. So. Exactly. I thought, oh, that was quite a big hit. Is his suspension broken? But it luckily mm-hmm. wasn't. Maybe it was in the door. And Shedden jumps everybody. Happy days uh, yeah. for Gordon. So we go further um, down the lap. And yeah, and then you see Sutton sliding sideways around. Is it Noble as well? I thought, yeah. I thought his car was knackered. Um, Who's he alongside at that point? Shedden. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Shedden goes around the outside of him, does he? Yeah. Yeah. So... Fair enough, like, I made it simplified it a bit that Shedden just gets to run, but he does hang on around the outside of Sutton, which is no mean feat. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we get to church, and Tom Chilton nearly rolls it. How did that car not tip on its roof? He slews off the track at high speed, unabated speed, into the yeah. grass, and oh my word, it's so high speed sideways on the grass. I did feel really sorry for Chilton there, not just because of what happened, and but uh, Robottom was out of shape in front of him. Yeah. And I think they may have come together. Um, Robot was out of shape on his own, I should say. Yes. And Chilton's then has to check up slightly, and I don't know if he tapped Robot or not, but that totally unsettled his car at the wrong moment. Ah, and that's to me, why he veered off. To me, it looks like uh, when he checks up, Butcher taps him from behind. Oh yes, that could well be as well. So he, he couldn't do anything in that scenario because I mean we'll come to an incident later mm-hmm. on in race three where a similar thing-ish happens, I think. But yeah, you're right. But Robot loses it, uh, catches it. Yeah. And, Chilton has got nowhere to go, and there's just a, a, a what would you call it, a concertina effect, and he's yeah. fired off. But it is dangerous and sketchy. Oh yeah, it's a definite code brown. And obviously, he's on the grass and he's coming to pits. He's basically last. He carries on though. But mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, again, that's ruined his weekend. Like I'm saying, Plato's slow start puts him back in the pack. This is another one. Yeah. But that's not the end of the action as we come into club. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is mad. So it's. Um, Collard looks to get shuffled out, doesn't he? Runs wide and smacks into the side of hand. And they both mm-hmm. Tokyo drift it. Rearward entry, like Formula Drift into the club chicane. Which is well saved, but then everybody mm-hmm. cuts across the track and gains positions. Yeah, Insert rant another... that you've pre-booked. <laughs> yes, it was another thing from Robottom, actually, in that he's the reason that Collard goes into Ash Oh, you're right, yes, I forgot that. Yep. Um, once again, I, I, not deliberately, but he's on the inside. And that a bit, a bit, a little bit of contact with Collard, which then pushes him out into Ashan. They then both floor it around what I would call the outside of the chicane, and rejoin the track at a much higher speed than the cars that are already on the track. Um, which is dangerous. Yeah, is very dangerous, I think. But Ashan, for instance, when he goes into that corner, depending where he is in relation to Collard, um, he went in in either seventh or eighth position, and he came out. In fifth. I mean, either way, whichever position, at the very yeah. least, he's overtaken, is it Butcher and Crease? 
Yeah, he's Who's overtaken it? his teammate. And nearly got Hill. Yeah, I know, and had a run on Hill. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, and my first thought when I saw that is, all right, pretty naughty, but he's going to have to give those places back. And it was never, ever brought up in the commentary or, or the stewards or anything. Uh, it's outrageous. How many times have we had this conversation about Thruxton? Uh, many times. It's It's every round, isn't it? Someone does something. Yeah. The crazy thing here is it's so... I, I get you've been hit off, but full speed, yeah. no lift. Mm-hmm. Clearly overtaking cars. Now, what was slightly confusing first time through is it's two Astras and two Toyotas. Yes. There is also contact, but it turns out it's between Crease and Collard. Yeah. So Cro- Collard's come back on at full speed. Mm-hmm. Maybe Crease doesn't expect a car to be going that much speed difference and closes down to the left of the yeah. circuit. There's contact between him and Collard. Collard spears across and nearly takes out Butcher. Mm-hmm. But I don't blame Creasy for it because. Oh no! Why would you expect someone to come so much quicker out of the chicken? Well, well, because they didn't take the chicken. Yeah. And I, I it, still it don't know of, what the answer is. Yeah, it reminded me of 2016 a little bit. Where was it? Matt Neal had a puncher, and then Cook and Shedden had an accident, mm. and Shedden ended up spearing down the track and ended up slamming into the wall way past the yeah. finish line. And the way Collard's car was moving, I thought, oh, it's coming towards the wall here. But he, he did hold yeah. it. But Oh, and then he had another moment coming out of Allard where he pulled, pulled across him. Was it Robottom? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was. I thought that was dodgy as well. No, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't know what the answer is. But well, no, I'll tell you what the answer is. You've got to give him penalties or warnings or something. Uh, yeah. I just think there must be some way to discourage them from even doing it. But you can't really put gravel there. No, I know. Because of where it is, but... Because originally I was thinking maybe like a, a thin strip of gravel or something just to do something or like a Formula One style you have to rejoin around this etc. But there's just not enough room there to do anything safely I don't think. No there isn't. But, I agree. I'm, I'm fine with yeah. the layout. You've just got to be harsh with it. Like maybe they can't say it's, oh we can't reverse the position. Still give Ashanda penalty. I mean it's ridiculous. It is actually. He had a great drive. Really good to see him qualifying well. Put, put in a really solid race performance. Yeah, but there's, for it to not even be noted, I've got a note down here that on the BTCC.net website mm-hmm. that um, Ollie Jackson in race two received yes <laughs> received a verbal warning for having retained position after shortcutting the circuit. Well, blow me down. Why doesn't Ash Hand even have that? Yeah, how talk about inconsistent? It's it's actually I mean, it's unacceptable. I, I, I'm riled up. Yeah, no, I was I was watching the whole rest of the race just angry about it. Yeah, um, right. Because that's like, if he's done it, that's fair enough. But yeah, penalise him somehow. But it's the fact that no one even seemed to realise what had happened. None of the commentary, none of the broadcast team, none of the stewards. Everyone just said, what a great result for Ashan, which it was. But yeah, uh, even there's a an article on the BTCC website about Powermax Racing. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mention it in the slightest. Just says, Of course it doesn't really did really well he was um yeah a career best of fifth both drivers forced to take evasive action but no mention of him making up all this time that's ridiculous and collard Collard did the Mm. same same thing but obviously had his moment and he spin and fell back so yeah there's no punishment but it should at least be a warning a verbal warning if they're giving those out for rejoining in such a fashion yeah i mean he didn't even lose places he gained two minimum (laughs) (laughs) so you can't. Yeah. It's, oh, it's uh, the rest of the race, Gamble retires again. Yes. I'm not sure what happened there. Broken suspension. 
we didn't see, but mm. uh, one of the Infinities had a suspension failure at that track when they first raced there. Oh, I'm wondering right. if you clip a curb too much in a rear-wheel drive car and it's a bit fragile. I don't know. Could be. Pure speculation. Uh, Jade Edwards tried around, tries around the outside of church. I mean, credit where it's due, that's, that's gutsy. I, I did like her quote afterwards. I don't know if you saw it. No. Um, because there was uh, an accident in the sport race, quite a big accident, um, which I hope everyone was okay. Um, yeah, we'll there was a lot of um, just talking going on in between the races because there was no sport races. But yes, Jade was interviewed about it and she said, um, <laughs> it did make me laugh. They say you need balls to drive this circuit. Well, mine are just higher up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was very gutsy from her. Um, and to be honest, I think it was one of her best races. Not one of her best results, but one no, of her best she races. Got down, but I had down here as well that Jackson overtook Edwards off the track at the chicken, but he didn't even receive a warning for this. And wasn't it because Boutel was slow in the way or something? Yes, no, that was later on. Um, a few laps later but yeah same thing he cut the middle of the chicane rather than going around the outside right um, but yeah he still did that to gain a place and doesn't give it back yeah don't give it back that's it and then Edwards uh, gets the uh, quick fit banner on the front yeah. of a car and uh, she presses on where I'm thinking ooh mm -hmm. should you pit but she, then she has to slow down but ultimately she does finish the race and I don't think they had to change yes. the engine so okay uh, no um, she said the the advertising hoarding was high enough up that the water pressure wasn't being affected. She then got an oil pressure warning and the team told her to back off while they checked it. Mm. And then it was discovered that it wasn't going to be an issue, so she got back on it. But by this point, she'd lost all their places. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunate. But uh, all right, fair play for cracking on. Yeah, Ashan did get a back on white flag for track limits later on in the race, but I don't think it was for the whole... No, Chicane no, no, no. Issue. Basically, track limits is measured at, uh, on the inside of church, interestingly, for the first time, I believe. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that the only thing I saw. Mm -hmm. So, uh, end of race one. Anyway, after all, that shenanigans. Jam Kamish uh, dominates. Uh, another victory for him in the Napa Ford. And his first pole position, wasn't it, as well? Shedden's in second. Sutton mm -hmm. in third. Hale in fourth. Hand in fifth. Shouldn't have been. Butcher in sixth. No. Robot in seventh. Crease in eighth. Ingram ninth. And Turkington up to tenth points. So then, on to race two. That's the grid. Off the start line, uh, Sutton gets ahead of Shedden. So Kamish gets the lead, but Sutton, crucially, is up to second off the start. Yeah. Uh, Butcher tries on Hill, but fails. Uh, on the first lap, Plato loses more positions, so he's had a slow start in the first one. And then in this one, he's down to 18th by the end of the first lap, or the opening salvo, I think. Mm -hmm. He tries to force Collard off, but Collard <laughs> has none of it, and Plato gets sideways. Yeah, it was similar to the um, Cook and Sutton one earlier, but much more aggressive between both of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <sighs> Plato pushed him wide, but Collard's just rightfully not backing down. And I think Collard yeah. was well within his rights to stay there. Oh yeah, I agree. And so you reap what you sow, in my opinion, on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was definitely all Jason's fault on that one. Oh, 100%. I don't know, don't know what's going on there. Maybe a bit of frustration. Not sure. Yeah. So then lap two and Sutton closes right in on Dan Kamish, but they don't switch positions because Shedden's close behind in theory. I do think there was a window, but it didn't happen at this point. Yeah. A couple of laps later, Shutton, Sutton actually skips the skin. He bounces all over the place, doesn't he, and loses a lot of momentum. He does, yeah. He cuts the inside of the yeah. second part of the chicane, um, which I, I don't have as much of a problem was because 
to do that you will lose time you don't lose places as such but it's not you don't gain from it if that makes mm. any sense soon after um, that we got Patterson and Battelle crashing can you recall that one? yeah well at that point that's where I thought um, Butel should have done what Sutton did and cut that part of the chicane right uh, but he didn't he tried to turn back in and then just spun Patterson around unfortunate for the Infinity driver there mm-hmm. lap 7 hand retires this one uh, engine failure in the end yeah uh, not ideal there's a nice battle between Cook, Jelly and Creasy Creasy yes but then lap 8 we've got the Collard versus Ollie Jackson shenanigans yeah well Ricky Collard gets up on the curb at turn 1 ever so slightly and that just unsettles the car and gets him sideways yeah I'm not actually sure what happened with that bit I saw that Aaron Taylor-Smith was shedding bits of his car in front and I think it was Ollie Jackson was sort of pushed ah, out wide yes. a little bit I think so it looked like it, it would the part had maybe come from someone else, but it looked, yeah, it was it was uh, Aaron Taylor Smith's part. You know, <laughs> a bit of the hard car was falling off for some reason. Yeah, it just happened to be the exact time that Collard was getting sideways on the curb. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it did look weird, didn't it? But when you see the replay, yeah. like, ah, okay. And then um, Collard, Plato, and Jade Edwards all having a bit of fun as well. Oh yeah, so then Ollie Jackson's involved in another a bit of shenanigans. I've used that word twice, I think. Because uh, Jason Plato just punts him off. So second uh, yeah. incident for Plato of this race that's a bit suspect, I think. And Jackson well, goes flat over the grass. Maybe this is where he gets his mm-hmm. warning fall. And then it was, yeah. ultimately Collard gets both of them, I think. Yeah, f- for me on that one, Jackson locked up going into the corner. So he he ran wide. Plato then hits him anyway. But for me, Jackson's already made the mistake. Um, rejoined still ahead. Yeah, he then got a verbal warning for keeping the place, although he didn't keep it for very long, I don't think. So we're monitoring Cam- Campbell Cobb and Seagrave, mm. but not the final screen. Yeah. Mm, ideal. Anyway, eventually, suddenly he's let by by Kamish in a very sporting manoeuvre to help with the championship title. Yes, there was one other very brief thing. I thought that Jelly held up Turkington for about three laps before he let him through, and I did think that was a bit... Mm. I don't know if that's the team or Jelly deciding that, but that could have... Sure cost Colin the chance to fight for a few more places. True. He definitely indicated and pulled across though when it, it did, did happen. Which is a move that happens later yes. on as well. So Sutton, Sutton wins it. He was very quick. Both Napa Fords were excellent. So Ford won two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sutton ahead of Kamish. Shedden another podium in third. Jake Hill another strong position in fourth. Butcher fifth. Ingram sixth. Getting some championship points still yeah. but falling back from Sutton here at this point. Robottom seventh. Cook eighth. Uh, so he's made some progress from first mm-hmm. race uh, mess Crease down to ninth. I thought Crease was very quick in qualifying very quick pace in the race but too timid and tentative yeah. at times Turgerton up to 10th so again losing out some points to Sutton there but still getting something back Ash Sutton then does the draw I mean it's legit I've got no problem with it I just don't think that the drivers should yeah, do yeah I agree with that at the very you know get Paul O'Neill he's around he can do yeah, it yeah you know it's they always have guest people come and do it as well, but if there's no guest, the winning yep. driver does it. It just seems a bit odd. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Oh, and George Gamble finished nineteenth in that race as well. Uh, Stephen Jelly's P eleven is is drawn yes. out, so Jelly's on pole position. Which uh, another thing where there's a sense of never- inevitability about it. You sort of think, well, Turkington's going to be like mm-hmm. past soon. Yeah. Uh, before the race starts, though, Adam Moffat apparently has an exhaust come loose. I'm not sure he actually entered it in the Oh, end. I didn't see that. No. 
and Nick Hamilton at first it looks like he's completely missed his <laughs> his grid yeah. box but he's trying to enter mm-hmm. the pit lane so clearly an issue there it's not as embarrassing as Ollie Jackson at Donington <laughs> earlier on in the year which still makes me laugh <laughs> so at the start it's this time the turn of not Plato to get a pause start but Chris yeah, terrible. the BMWs rightly disappear mm-hmm. uh, but Cook is on the attack and he has to be because he knows the BMWs are not strong in the first two laps this is his chance to win he's a bit desperate but he gets two amazing moves done the first is his signature yeah. move the cook at Goodwood two wheels over the grass gets the run down into church you think he's going to do that the next lap on Jelly but he doesn't he dive bombs him into the final few corners and then it's goodbye see you later yeah. uh, Jelly eventually does the indicator trick again and Turkinson's through into second you're sort of thinking well Jelly's ahead but for how long Yeah, uh, I think in this race Butcher skips the chicane and overtakes Ingram but it's awkward because Ingram and Robottom tangle slightly so that slows them up but Butcher still gets ahead because of the chicane cut yeah again uh, and then we need to go to Gamble Watch because he's attacked Plato just dive bombs into the chicane by things smashes him so hard it breaks Gamble's right rear suspension Plato gets a puncher. Uh, Gamble has to retire. Plato does go back out, but retires later on. Yeah, no, I totally missed this. Uh, I don't know what I was doing at that point. I saw Plato go in the pits <laughs> with damage. But, uh, yeah, you've got to watch a replay of... Uh, it's the replay of Cook passing Jelly for hmm. the lead, and you can see it in the background. Ah, see, I completely Plato just it. slightly misses the turning point. <laughs> Thwacks Gamble, and... Uh, they both go off. Plato cuts the chicane but gets a punch and gamble. It looks like he just spins and rejoins, but as he rejoins, the right rear suspension's like completely smashed. Ah. So it's a testament to how heavy the hit was, yeah. I think. Uh, no, no, no one is or nothing for that one, but it does look suspect. So then we've got also Sam Osborne packed up at Campbell Cobb and Seagrave. I was like straight away, safety car, but no. Nope. Especially as that was exactly where Ollie Jackson drove straight across. That's yeah. my point. And Turkington did it twice in qualifying. If you lock up there, you go straight across and there's a, there's a Ford. Yeah. <laughs> I know the day was delayed and stuff, but ugh, come Yeah, on. it's completely broadside in the way. It should have been moved. should have been moved. There's areas and barriers and parts mm-hmm. to push that to the side there. Uh, there's lots of good battles. We're watching Aaron Taylor-Smith on board and hands in front of him pushing through. Yeah, hand was doing brilliantly in this race. Yeah, he was, he was on, on point. Uh, then we have a bit... Seven laps in where Morgan pushes Patel into Moffat and gets them both. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> bit, of, bit of skittles there. Temping bowling. Um, nothing again for that one. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, Moffat ends up into the weeds and is severely handicapped as a result of that. Mm. Robottom does an amazing move around the outside of Ingram. Off camera as well, what we didn't see was Sutton somehow got past Ingram. But I think it was yeah. when there was this Robottom Ingram butcher thing at the chicane and Sutton got the run. Mm-hmm which is important for the championship. And then Robottom getting past him again is important for the championship. He does this lovely move. It's his signature move. Yeah. He first did it last year. Do we call it doing a robot? No, no we definitely, no. definitely shouldn't. So then Sutton's trying to get past Butcher, but Butcher's having none of it, which is good. And towards the end of the race, we've got Ashan smashing into Morgan at church. But what did you make of that move? Um, to me, Morgan had some kind of, maybe not issue, but he led off or was unsettled he yeah, he slowed down weird. slightly um and to me he gets hit by ash hand yes but i didn't see it as being ash's fault necessarily i think 
clearly there's heavy damage and Morgan's off the track spun, mm-hmm. spun off and Hans got damaged to the front it's a big yeah. hit but from the onboard of someone I can't remember it was looking back mm. Morgan misses the apex and slows down it looks like to me Ash Hand is sideways trying to yeah. stop and just hits him so I don't actually lay the blame with um, Hand there I know it's rear to front to rear contact yeah but I'm the same Morgan's man. really slow right in the middle of the quickest corner in the UK yeah there's yeah. not much you can do I don't think about that no so anyway Cook storms it um, he wins his 10th win at Thruxton but it's too late for his title but there we go Turkey to second good points and good recovery Jelly third uh, in the BMW then we've got Butcher in fourth solid but could he should have been on the podium Certainly in fifth another good recovery from 11th on the grid Robot in sixth Ingram seventh Kruse <laughs> in eighth another strong performance mm. Shedden ninth, not too much of a fight back in this one. Kamish tenth, not too much of a fight back in this one. Lloyd eleventh, so at least something from the weekend. Yeah. And Jake Hill twelfth because uh, he ran wide on the first he lap. Did, didn't yeah, he forgot to mention did a bit of rally cross, which didn't help him out. Yeah. We should also say that Robottom's fastest lap in the first race is the fastest lap of the 2022 season, thanks to Inside Beats. Ah, it's interesting stat. Other tracks will not be as quick as mm. that. Uh, unfortunately, in the sport races, we had two ac- terrible incidents. So, in the Quaif Mini Challenge Trophy, car 98, uh, Jonathan Sargent, he hit side on in between Goodwood and Church High Speed. There's a big group of like five, five or six cars, isn't there? and he spears out. No one to blame, I don't think. And it's a heavy side on impact, a red flag. So, we hope he's okay. I, I, do. I didn't actually see this particular incident, but yeah, I hope he's all okay. It's, uh, I'm going to use the expression again, but unabated mm. speed, side on into the driver's. Or so, yeah, you know, it just and it comes to a hard sounds stop. Sounds so scary. It's awful. Um, and Colin White and Mike Brown are se- severely injured. We hope they're on mm. the mend. They had accident in the Genetta GT4s. Uh, coming out of church, one of them is on the grass, slews across, the other one can't avoid it. Ends up rolling, and there's also an impact in the driver's mm. side of one of the Genettas. So we don't want to see that. There was a long pause while they tried to get the drivers out of the vehicles there. Again, you don't want to see that. That championship did race later again. Yes, they did. Later on in the day again. Um, I don't think there's necessarily anything you can necessarily change with the track, although the mini incident, you might want to look at how close that bar is to the circuit, mm. perhaps in the future. We've seen at church how they've really extended out that, that grassy oh, area yeah. now and really improved the barriers. People used to end up in the... Simon Belch used to end up yeah, in the literally. trees. You can't, Airborne yeah, literally. into the trees, wasn't and it? And then they replaced it with a barrier there. And I remember, was it one of the MGs? Was it Taylor Smith? And Dan Lloyd maybe had a, had a big accident. Mm. And now it's further back. Yeah. So maybe they can look at that, but... It's two unfortunate incidents, and we'd never like to see that, so we just wish them all the best. Yes, indeed. So, um, we'll just quickly run through, because we need to dash, mm-hmm. but the championship standings for the British touring cars. There's no point looking at Formula 1, because Max has won it. <laughs> yep. So, Turkington still leads. Sutton led after race two, but Turkington still leads. Um, he is six points mm-hmm. ahead, so it's very close. Sutton is right in there. And not too far behind still is Ingram. Yeah. Uh, five points back from him is Jake Hill. So they're all to play for. Mm-hmm. Cook's out of it, Butch is out of it. Shouldn't yeah, it? the top seven are mathematically still in it, but it, realistically it's the top four, isn't it now? It's the top four. Uh, so the next race is not at Thruxton, believe it or not. With two rounds left or six races, Silverstone National, straight line speed to the four. Maybe there'll be a big hybrid effect here, or maybe not. We'll have to see in qualifying. But that's 24th, 25th of September, mm-hmm. so we've got a, a good three weeks until three, then. Three days. The next, yeah, wow, well, there you go. How about <laughs> that? So then, Formula One, it's the Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort. Any guesses who might win that? 
Oh, that that will be George Russell. George Russell. There we go. You heard it here first. And that is on this coming Sunday, the 4th of September, depending on when this podcast gets edited and released. (laughs) So I hope you've all uh, survived the hour or two hours or however long it's going to be in the edit of Waffle. But uh, some interesting races, Nick. Looking forward to the uh, next rounds. Yeah, definitely. Silverstone's always an interesting one for different reasons than most of the other tracks, but still interesting. Yep, so British Touring Cars, it's all coming to a head in the Championship, so that's fascinating. Formula 1 Championship's over, but we've all got this crazy gossip going around mm-hmm. about the driver market. So, I was going to say, we keep you updated on both of them, but we won't, because we run late each week. <laughs> but if you want to hear three people, sometimes two, waffle on, then by all means, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, it's on all of them. Colin will be back soon after his jet setting. Uh, we miss him, so take care, Colin. And also follow at Final Corner Pod on Twitter or at Bar66 for Colin. I'm at Timmich Lord and Nick, you are at Manhouse. So if you disagree with us, send us a tweet because we're open to the feedback and the discussion. But otherwise, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all for me. Nice one. All right, thanks for listening. See you later. Final Codpast, uh, Final Corner Podcast feed, the Final Codpast, brilliant. Yeah, the uh, fishing podcast. Yeah.